Hey, Benedict. Hey, Daniel. So it's funny. I actually was thinking about this other day, by the way. So, like, I'm not, you know, COVID, so you have to do a lot of, like, phone calls for first dates and stuff. And I'm laughing because we come on to this podcast and we're, like, so mellow. But when I do, like, a phone date or, like, do a couple jumping jacks, you try to, like, what's the right amount of energy to meet somebody for the first time? And yeah. and it's funny because you're like oh you want you don't want to be too amped up because that could be scary but then you don't want to be like right. too calm because you're like this guy is like boring, right? And we do this every week. And we're like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> we're airing away from crazy and more towards creepy. Yeah, we need to we need to figure out how to hype it up <laughs> a little bit. So it's been an interesting week. It's always an interesting week. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, it's Christmas this week. There's that. So it's end of the year. I That's guess to, we won't do a podcast next week. That's true. I'll be driving to yeah. LA to move. We could do a road special. Yeah, do it over the phone. We could, except for we won't have anything to talk about. So in the last week, we've started thinking about next year because it's the end of the year and, and how the first few months will go, right? Like, what do we, how does Arrows and our client work play, play out for the first six months of the year? Yeah. How do our lives play out? Yeah. We're, we've been self-funding so far, and there's a, a, an undefined but a, an end date on when that money runs out without Arrows growing at a certain rate or another client project or something. So we have some levers, and we're starting to consider which ones we start pulling on or how to make sure we can survive. Totally. And right. It's not making sure that we'll survive. Just how will we survive? That's a good point. Like it's guaranteed at this point We're we're fine. Like we know how to right. make it's, money. We're, we're totally, fine. it's fine. It's just what is the route and what are the methods? And so one thing that we started exploring in the last week, which was not really something that we had talked about at all previous was maybe exploring the option of, raising a small amount of money to from investors arrows yeah yeah basically as a as a reaction to the the idea that we likely have to do some amount of client work in the first three four six months of the year to to bridge us to the point where arrows is likely to be paying our bills which right and trying to do the math of what what future growth do you enable by taking money and what are you giving up by not taking money basically every combination of taking it or not taking it and what do you get from that what do you not get from that mm-hmm. and then what does that mean for us like do we is that something we're interested in is the help useful like what do we care about what you know both from what do we receive what's on it, right what's important to us yeah in a lot of ways like we've we hold on to the self-funded identity part as an identity, but part is like more, more, even more so as like the control we want over our business and the destiny there and the outcomes and all of that. And then also we've just done it for two years so far, you know, we've funded this far and it's, we've, the goal has been to get there and we've uh, removed a lot of uncertainty and it feels very close. It's hard to know if like, are we at an inflection point where taking a little bit of money would help us get there faster and, you know, now that we've removed a lot of the uncertainty around the problem and the customer and whether there's something here, does is this actually a good time to raise money or are we so close 
that we should fight through a little bit further and and do a little bit of client work or you know find some way to get there faster or whatever the method is right and it's also a big question of when is the right time to raise money when are you seeing the future of the business the same way that someone who might invest is seeing it and how do you get to a point where you're both seeing it the same way which means that you can structure it and arrange it in a way where you both agree and get what you're looking for out of it because you're looking at it the same way essentially yeah there's like always the like either everybody feels like they're getting a good deal or I forget where this quote came from, but a good negotiation is when both sides feel like they're getting cheated or something like that. Like there should be some amount of like equilibrium, ideally, where mm. you're both considering it, like you said, based on the same sort of factors. Whereas I, I think you put it well earlier today after we talked to, um, I don't know if we talk about who we talked to, but... Let's keep it vague. <laughs> that's fine. You know, we talked to one firm earlier today and another one or another two last week just to kind of get some information and get to know people. But we talked today and you mentioned afterwards, like we probably have a higher confidence based on just what we know ourselves and having all the high fidelity information in our heads. So we probably have a higher confidence than somebody looking at our specific numbers, at least for the types of firms that we would talk to. Yeah, I think that was the big thing for me was that I always perceived that uncertainty is very attractive to investors where... The uncertainty around like, well, who knows, you know, when we launch in January, right? When we launch in January, this could blow up. And it's like, I got in with the uncertainty. And so therefore I, you know, feel good about that. I kind of guessed it before it was proven. And I think what I took away, a big thing I took away was a lot of the people we're talking to are not traditional VC firms. And so... I think they value that uncertainty a lot less than I was ex- not expecting, but that I kind of was a built-in assumption. And I think that that makes sense because if you're not trying to get that 100x, 1,000x return. Yeah, the power law, like one out of 20 makes 1,000x. Right. You're much more looking at a growth curve and kind of investing in that growth curve. And we're just so early that we don't have enough data for that curve to be tangible and something that you can look at and extrapolate from and feel like you have a firm grasp on when you're putting money into it. Yeah. So what we, I don't want to say decided, but we ultimately walked away from just feeling, and I think it was mutual from the people we talked to, you know, it's, we didn't really say it with them, but it felt the same. Like we just need to take our time, see how the next few months play out. Let's launch in January. Like we've been planning, no, no changes there. We're going to talk about the API in a second, so we'll roll that, that out, your work on that, get the Salesforce integration, all those things that we kind of have planned out. And so right now we're in the few hundreds of dollars in MRR. How do we see in you know February, March, when a lot of these people would be more ready to talk to us seriously? Are we in the few thousands? Is that like 2,000? Is it 6,000? What's the pace that we're growing at? Do we feel like we could keep sustaining do our terms that we get with them are better? There's just a lot more that we can figure out in that time. So that seems... Yeah. seems All that to say that we haven't really decided on it concretely, but outside of that more data is helpful for everyone involved. And so that's the plan is to get more of that data. Yeah, because it's not even clear that you know the people we've been mm-hmm. talking to want 
to give us money. You know, it's like right, totally. Like they seem interested because we're I mean we're decently smart and we do this podcast and we've made progress, but it's not necessarily clear that they would ultimately write a check. Totally. And it's not ultimately clear that we necessarily want it. So I think it's you know for all of us, like you said, just getting a little bit more information. So more importantly, not not more importantly, I guess, but um, more immediate, I guess, is the API work that you've been doing that we're yeah. getting very close to having something ready. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I think a big thing that we've seen with our customers is that a lot of people are worried, not worried, but a concern that everyone has is that the data in Arrows is kind of siloed off and it's this little contained system where the onboarding happens and it's not really connecting with the rest of how they run their business. It's sort of in this little corner. And so the API is, as we've talked in the past, us pushing towards opening that up a little bit and fitting into the systems that these companies are building to try to run everything. And we've seen this in sales calls where people are already automating some things, you know, if they're doing their onboarding in Airtable, there's a lot of opportunities there where you can automate things. Uh, and so that is one area where Arrows is not up to par with certain tools that people are using. And it's also a big piece of what, why people want to use Arrows. It's, they're centralizing everything in one place, they're creating an official process. And then the next step off of that is, in that process, there are a lot of repeated steps or there's a lot of data coming in and out. And the more you can automate that and pull it into a system that does things for you, the easier everything's going to be. So yeah, started building out the API and basically looking at how other people are running their APIs. Looked at Stripe a lot. That's kind of, I think, the de facto example, or at least to me, it is as kind of an API that is very complex and powerful, but also simple enough that developers in general don't mind working with it and mm -hmm. find it as a tool that enables them to do what they need to do. So seeing how they kind of establish that, you know, restful paradigm of, you know, retrieving resources, updating resources, creating resources, that whole thing, and how that sort of structure applies to the data that's in arrows and how we expose our data yeah. uh, through an API. Well, and more specifically, you, I think correctly, you chunked off pieces of it. We're not starting with a resource for every thing that we have in arrows that you could possibly build upon. You're figuring out the things that people would actually want to do that they talk to and starting there. So we have a V1 API, but really there's only one or two endpoints. Yeah. And the big one is customer creation. And right now in arrows, there's no sense of customers having multiple action plans that will come in the future. But right now, the main thing that people want to do is that when something happens in their workflow, so whether they're in Salesforce and someone moves from, uh, certain stage to another stage or you know whatever system they're using that that can fire off an event that creates a arrows customer with an action plan attached that is ready to go so that they don't have to manually input all of that data basically yeah so we'll start with that i think you decided you're going to try to work with a customer which i think makes a lot of sense like making sure yeah and i think it out. right trying to guide it as closely as possible to what are the real world uses here. So when I was making this first endpoint, I was working with 
Zapier kind of right away to see how do they authenticate, how do they set it up, how do they pass data along. And then, like you said, reaching out to a customer where we know that they use Salesforce, we know that they want to get that going where they can automate creation of action plans from Salesforce, Mm -hmm. hopefully finding someone there where they have enthusiasm and they're motivated to kind of help build it into this thing that they get to use and make their lives easier. Yeah. So like, it's a nice gradual rollout in terms of customers, nice gradual rollout in terms of which endpoints people want. So we'll start with this one and then surely find out, oh, well, we'd love to do this. And now the structure of the API is built, like we can much more easily add new endpoints or data there. And then uh, I think the point that about Zapier was really, I was surprised to see that when you walked through it earlier, like it was a good surprise, you know, like, oh, you'd already played around with the Zapier authentication and you know, yes, it will take work to set up the Zapier apps, like the official apps, but you've done like half of the work already, it feels. Yeah, or it's, it's built with the knowledge that that's a thing that we want. There's still work to do, but it's not something where it's like, oh, we need to rebuild this whole thing because it's not set up right. Yeah, and then excitingly after that is we can like create our own Zaps recipes or whatever they're called. And we can templates or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and we can embed those on our integrations page inside the app and and say, oh, you want to get notifications in Slack? You want to do this? You want to create them from, you know, create a plan from a customer action in Salesforce? Like here, eighty percent of it's already built. Click this, add your auth key, and then like you're good to go. Yeah, it makes you or it makes me realize how smart of a business Zapier is and how valuable it will be that they totally. enable that where they take away all of this extra work for every company with an API. No, <laughs> Just exactly. There's so many things to connect to and so much use and value that comes out of that. I think, yeah, it's very, very smart. And I think it's exciting that there, that it exists and we can lean into it to really let our customers do so much more with arrows. Yeah, we're going to get, I mean, in the next three months, we're going to have so much power out of arrows that we just didn't have before. It'll just really unlock a lot of really cool things. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Well, cool. Let's let's end it there. Yeah, let's say everyone have a good holidays. Have a happy new year. We probably won't talk to you again before then. And uh, thanks for listening yeah. through 2020 with us. Yeah, this has been fantastic. I'm glad we keep doing this. Yeah. All right. Yeah, me too. Later. Later.